0: Don't go to bed with your enemy. He's pretending to be in love with you. He knows how to caress, to touch all the right places. You'll think he's fallen for you and be noticed. He's been studying you. He knows your weak points. He knows what makes you squirm and venerate. Don't go to bed with your enemy if you studied hard, if you looked into his eyes you'd know the hatred and the disgust he has towards you, you'd see his hunger for blood, the claws on his nails and his canine teeth are ready to tear when you're lost in pleasure avenge all the times you persecuted him, he will avenge ten times over, he will invite his evil friends to they will scourge you, you and your family and everything you care about, his rejoice is to see you bleed, every drop closer and closer to your death, he will tear you he will expose your nakedness He has no mercy for your children. It's pretty lucid, but don't go to bed with the enemy because he is your enemy. A mouth that curses cannot bless at the same time. Welcome to Sun Podcast. My name is Sheremidh. Njogo or Shal Njogo. Today we are looking at the meaning of "Don't go to bed with the enemy." What does that mean? And first of all, where what was the inspiration of the poem? Uh, the poem came about when I was preparing a certain article, um, and I was studying the book of First Kings eleven. I can't even remember what specific article because it was something very unrelated that I was writing for. But when I looked at 1 Kings 11, I realized that Solomon had gone out with so many, he had so many wives. And the other day I was asking my friend how, like, I'm a lot as a woman. (laughs) How do you have 700 of them? One person. I don't know how he made it. Although pretty much through my research I came to learn that most of these um, marriages were born out of trying to create relationships, international relationships. That's why the Bible says that he had First uh, Kings 11, that he had... They were nations from about which the Lord God, um, let me see. Oh yes, verse three. He had seven hundred wives of royal birth, and three hundred concubines. So we learn that the women were of royal birth, meaning they were most likely marriages born out of trying to create relationships, and that's something that still happens today. When people want to create relationships then they think oh, marry our daughter or whatever so that they can create peace kind of. But the problem is Solomon married from a group of people that God had specifically said you should not marry from these people because they will turn your hearts after they are gods that's in verse two the issue here is idolatry obviously and you see when we place other gods above god we we can say that i'll have this god here and still worship the only holy god it has to be either and that's why god says that he is a jealous god but if you think about it in terms of lovers um because that's how God actually explains it in uh, most of the prophets. If you've ever read the prophets, um, when it comes to a lover, when you love, uh, you have your partner there and you see them hanging out, like let's say that my man is hanging out with another female in terms the, in this name of that's his best friend and even though he didn't say that that's his best friend it is like why are you hanging out with other females why can't you get male friends and I'm young of course he can have female friends but not they shouldn't hang up hang out as much and in fact when they are hanging out most of the time if you ask most people most married people and people in relationships you should hang out when the other partner is there but not in their absence it's that kind of thing where god is saying you should when you marry from these other people they will. The issue was not necessarily that there is something these people are evil because of whatever. Their they evil ways is coming from their gods and it, for a holy God it was important that his people should be holy. He says again and again that be holy because I am the Lord who, I am your Lord who is holy and so now back to the poem, do not go to bed, don't go to bed with, the, uh, with your enemy, when so- King Solomon married all these women, uh, there were the Pharaoh's daughter, remember Pharaoh is the one, who, well the, the, there was a time Pharaoh, the king at that time in egypt who enslaved the israelites so is pharaoh's daughter a personal choice that you should take when you're marrying how can you marry the same person who enslaved your people then there are the moabites when i said that i thought of the blacks and whites and it's today's just crazy anyway moabites ammonites Edomites. Sidonians and Hittites but the problem with these people is that they were worshipping their hearts were after other gods and see um, Solomon because he gave himself to other women in the name of love um, let me read verse the whole of verse 2 they were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your heart after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. That's what I meant that you cannot, like, worship. You cannot have two things. So you can't say that you worship God and then still worship something else. One has to give. And you see now here, he chose to worship these uh, other women instead of God, Um, so he opened the door for the Pharaohs, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. And because he did so, in verse 14, we come to learn that his father, King David, had destroyed the Edomites. And let me read verse 15, earlier when David was fighting with Adam, Joab, the commander of the army who had gone up to bury the dead, had struck down all the men in Edom. Joab and other Israelites stayed there for six months until they had destroyed all the men in Edom. But Hadad, still only a boy, it's only Hadad and some masters who we are serving, his father, remained. The point is, David had fought these people, had fought the Edomite. And the reason, um, again, when we look at the Bible and we see that God is asking uh, these people, uh, like the Israelites, to destroy other nations, they were being destroyed because of their sin. It's something similar to what happened to, uh, to Sodom and Gomorrah it's because of their sin it's because of their perverse ways that they were to be killed um because again we've learned god is holy and if god is holy then anything unholy cannot exist honestly it should be destroyed just like we have all fallen short of the glory of god and we cannot save ourselves we needed a perfect savior and that's jesus christ for us not to be sentenced to death otherwise there otherwise our sentence all of us was to die but because of god's love he gave us His son jesus christ that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life that's the same kind of thing. We ought to have been destroyed, but Jesus. The same thing happened to the Edomites and all these other nations. They were being killed because of their perverse ways, because they were not worshipping God, the only true God. And you see, if they are worshipping other gods, then why is Solomon bringing them into his bed? Let's see the door that he opened for for the enemy to attack but Hadad 17 still a boy still only a boy fled to Egypt with some Edomite officials who had served his father. They set out from Midian and went to Paran then taking people from Paran with them they went to Egypt to Pharaoh king of Egypt who gave Hadad a house and land and promised him with And provided him with food, but then, while in Egypt twenty one, Hadad had that David dressed with his ancestors, and the and that job the commander, of the army was also dead. Then Hadad said to Pharaoh, "Let me go, but I may that I may return to my country. What have you lacked here that you want to go back to your country?" Pharaoh asked. "Nothing," Hadad replied but do let me go you don't need any like any of our explaining to know that whatever was in her dad's heart was just total revenge he wanted to revenge what um what david and joab had done to them to his people the Edomites so he came back to fight against um Solomon then there was another um adversary that God raised that was Rezon son of Eliada who had fled from his he was from Zoba he also came back to avenge for his father and his kingdom and the bible says in verse 25 Rezon was Israel's adversary as long as Solomon lived adding to the trouble caused by Hadad. So Rezon ruled in Aram and was hostile toward Israel. That enemy, Jeroboam, son of Nebat, rebelled against the king. The third one was Jeroboam, who um, also, who was Solomon's servant. And he rebelled against the king he had the authority to fight against the king because of Solomon's sin otherwise if Solomon um, obeyed God's ma- commandments he could have had authority over the kingdoms mm. and over Israel the entire Israel and over the kingdom surrounding uh, the surrounding israel but because he allowed sin then it was very easy sorry for a servant to attack him because he was living in sin and a promise was made and actually god spoke to solomon and told him i will tear your kingdom i will tear this kingdom from your hands Let me see, where is it? 11. Since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the sake of David, your father, I will not do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. Yet I will tear the I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, but will give him one tribe for the sake of David my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem which I have chosen. So, out of the eight, twelve tribes that Solomon was ruling, his son only got one again because of his sin. And these are some of the things that we never think when we are allowing the devil to come into our places, like into our spaces. We think, oh, because I am wealthy, like Solomon, because I am wealthy, I have anything, and because I have self-will, then I can do anything that I please. But we don't, sometimes we don't consider the consequences of our actions. And one of, besides the enemies, is that the kingdom, his kingdom was torn, into this is into two not halves but two that his son was only to inherit one tribe to rule over one tribe out of 11 because of Solomon's sin and uh, this has reminded me something that my dad said and I've never forgotten I was sent home Uh, I was suspended when I was in form 3 and the only thing my dad said was that choices have consequences that's all he said and for some reason i've never forgotten that maybe i was scared that he would um i don't know what he would do but that's the only thing he said and it stuck in my mind but the thing is when we are allowing when we are sleeping with the enemy sometimes literally like solomon and sometimes when when we allow sin in our lives, sometimes we ought to sit back and think maybe I'm affecting generations to come because of the way of my lifestyle. because what Solomon did affected what his father did, he it's kinda he destroyed what his father did, then destroyed. His his um his tenor as the king, and he also destroyed and and he really destroyed his sons' lives, and because afterwards after his son Rehoboam, then the rest of the people who came from his lineage, a lot of destructions were done, and it's just because of out of one man's rebellion by rebelling against God that we see all these consequences so that's where I don't go to bed with the enemy came from and so something else that um that I'm forgetting oh so what should we do what should we do one we should be zealous for God um And again, even before I point that out, sorry, when it comes to sex, it's like, it's something that the enemy really uses to to take away authority of the saints. He knows that when you have defiled yourself, you lack authority over sin. So let's take care, saints. Let's take care not to sin and defile ourselves because we lack authority to stand against things whether it's around us, like there were so many consequences that came after David's um, adultery and killing of Uriah, um, then like there were so many consequences that came afterwards. And, It's the same thing that happened physically but there are also things that come up spiritually and emotionally that come up because we have allowed ourselves to be defiled Um, so we should be zealous for God how we should love whatever God loves and hate whatever he hates we see that when The Moabites seduced the Israelites, they became weak and the Moabites had the legal ground to attack the Israelites. But we see this man Phinehas from uh, the lineage of Aaron, he was zealous that when he saw a man uh, coming in to his tent with a prostitute, he went into that room and pierced them writing, um and that's the same way we should do let's well don't go and kill this is the old testament but let's love what god loves and hate what he hates how do we do that let's pray that he may help us to love him and to help us love what he loves and hate what he hates automatically when we love god we Our desires align to him that we are able to love what he loves and hate what he hates. So don't go to bed with the enemy because he is your enemy and he doesn't like you at all. The enemy doesn't like you so you shouldn't also like him and allow him into your sitting bedroom, dining table bedroom. Don't allow him anywhere, even at the door. When you hear him knocking, don't allow him in. He's not a good person. This is one so podcast.